I want to work with the best people in any market. So I do research online first, and then I call people up and get references. You know, it's just seeing what other people say. What other property managers say about other companies is, is very important as well. You know, I mean, if, if someone is, um, is slagging off on another company, that, that's not great. But then, but then again, you know, you have people who truly, truly value what other people are doing in the market. And, you know, you might have uh, like an underdog property manager who's really hungry and uh, they see who's, who are the market leaders and uh, they want to be like them. And, uh, you know, may, maybe that's the person to go with. Welcome to Investing in the U.S., an Aussie's Guide to U.S. Real Estate, a podcast for international investors and real estate entrepreneurs looking to break into the U.S. market. G'day, g'day, guys, and welcome to another cracking edition of Investing in the U.S., an Aussie's Guide to U.S. Real Estate, the number one podcast geared towards helping international investors break into the U.S. market and start buying cash-flowing deals. From Los Angeles, I'm Reed Goosens. Good as always to have you with us on the show. So today we're having a little bit of fun with today's show. I have with me a fellow Aussie real estate entrepreneur, investor, business owner, and all-round good bloke, Pete, the deal hunter helm. G'day, Pete. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today, mate? Oh, g'day, Reed. It's uh, it's pretty rough out there. You know, I'm getting attacked by crocs and, uh, <laughs> and and trying to do real estate deals um, and, and, you know, having that election that just happened. It's uh, it's kind of be tough, but, um, you know, I'm... I'm getting ahead and uh, finding those deals and uh, very happy to talk to you about it today. Awesome, buddy. Well, so guys, for, for all you out there uh, listening and wondering who, who is Pete, well, Pete is the deal hunter. He uh, he left down under in search of elusive cash flow and set up base camp here in Los Angeles. He went for days and weeks without food and water, just him and his iPad searching for apartment deals projected to produce double-digit cash-on-cash returns and to double invest his money within five years. He found that if you gather the right great hunting team, move fast, you can reap the rewards. So, Pete, you know, we all want to know a little bit more about your deal hunting, you know, persona experience, but how did you get, how did you stumble across real estate, you know, along the dusty trail of life? Well, being in the States, uh, I guess a lot of people started in um, single family and uh, I was doing that with my wife. We were flipping houses in the Los Angeles area and uh, that was going along quite well, um, but we were finding we were getting priced out of this market and, uh, we were looking for other ways to um, to use our capital and, and make some money. And I met a guy called Robert Helms uh, of the Real Estate Guys podcast. And uh, we're talking to him and uh, he said, uh, have you thought about using other people's money and uh, going into other markets? And all of a sudden, a light bulb went off in my head like, uh, whoa, okay, tell me more. So. Um, we actually started looking into other people's market, other other markets, and uh, and syndicating, and went to a, a network uh, meetup in Los Angeles. Actually, it was it was one of yours, Reed, and uh, <laughs> the best ones around, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, um, I met a lady there who was a real estate agent in Los Angeles, and uh, she was from Albuquerque originally. Nice. And she said, um, "Have you ever thought of um, Albuquerque investing over there?" In um, in multifamily housing, 
And I said, no, um, tell me more. So we sat down and she told me about the market and uh, decided to go out there and have a look and worked hard and um, got into a couple of deals. And um, it, it's been looking really good since then. Nice, mate. Well, that's the whole reason I got you on the show. You're a buddy of mine. You know, you're, you're also an investor with me. We're part of an Aussie real estate mafia crew here in the United States. Yeah. You're, you know, you're, you're, you've got this awesome persona, which I'm loving right now as your deal hunter. But, you know, you, you're saying, just to recap, you were saying that you started in flipping houses and it got just too hard and you, you started to develop um, other ways to raise capital or use other people's money and you stumbled across multifamily. So, do you want to talk a little bit about how, you know, you, you mentioned that you found a lady who was at my meetup, but why did you choose Albuquerque? What was so specific about Albuquerque? Were you looking at that market originally or were you just saying, look, I, you know, I didn't know which market to invest in or you'd chosen some other markets? So we were looking at some of the big hot markets like Dallas and Atlanta and uh, realizing that there's just so much competition. Uh, I thought we'll start looking at, at places that are a bit more under the radar Maybe it's some of the second tier cities, um, like uh, you know, you have Cincinnati, Kansas City, Orlando, Florida, and um, Albuquerque was one of those under the radar places. And um, you know, I mean, I, I I've been watching Breaking Bad, and I noticed that a lot of other um, TV productions and movies were actually being filmed there. So I thought, okay, there's a bit of interest. Let's go over there and have a look. So diving into the nuts and bolts, Pete, you found this found this person who was just happened to be in Albuquerque, which you know for people who don't know is actually not that far of a flight away. You'd mentioned that you know Kansas City's, Cincinnati's, or you know Orlando, Florida, they're obviously a little bit further away. What type of market criteria were you specifically looking for? You know to say, okay, well I'm gonna I'm gonna give my Albuquerque a crack because most people get into that sort of mindset of well I've chosen two markets, I've got to stick with them, and I can't change. You know you'd mentioned Dallas, Texas. How did you make that mental leap to say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to give this uh, give this market a bit of a crack? Well, I was looking for a place that had um, higher cap rates, you know, somewhere between uh, seven to nine cap. And, um, you know, it, a lot of people had said to me, why Albuquerque, you know, or why, uh, why this other market? And that was one of the main reasons. It's like, you know, like uh, we just want to do the opposite of what other people were thinking. Uh, jumping into a market that um, is off the radar. And I think if you jump into any market and you focus, you're going to find deals. Right, right. And so that particular market, however, is, you know, all of us have got that sort of thing in our heads. Oh, well, I'm in Dallas. I mean, you know, I want to, be, I want to go with it where the crowd goes, right? So I think it's quite smart that you f happen to stumble across a market that not many people are looking at. So, you know, talk us, walk us through the fact that, okay, you found this market, it ticks up all the boxes. What's the next step here? You know, you, you did you find a broker? Did you find, how did you develop your local team? Well, the first thing is I was looking on LoopNet for different properties just to see what was out there. And I started looking at brokers on LoopNet and calling them up and, and getting ideas. And uh, I f eventually found a broker who was a, a buyer's broker and um, flew out there. And we got on really well. I mean, that was really lucky. You know, I've heard people have, have a lot of trouble finding someone who's actually going to act as a buyer's broker. Um, we got on really well. And, um, you know, he took me around to, to see a lot of properties. And, you know, I thought that was a stroke, of, a stroke of luck to find him. And then the next thing was, you know, to start building a team. Right. And That's um, so important, right? Your, your hunting team, as you say. <laughs> 
Absolutely. We needed a solid team of using the best people we could find. So I started interviewing property managers, um, finding uh, contractors, uh, finding a lawyer, um, a CPA, just local people in, in the area who I could put onto my team and rely on. And, you know, it's just a matter of just putting the time and the effort in and, and it will all come together. How many trips did you go out there before you had that whole team set up, before you said, okay, I'm going to start looking at Albuquerque. Give me the time frame that you went through to develop, your, to identify the market, look at the market and say, yeah, this works. Then start heading out there and doing your due diligence on the market and your local team. This is all prior to actually seeing deals, right? I, I would imagine this is all sort of leading up to finding these deals. And we'll get into that in a minute. Right. Well, I just I just jumped in and focused, and I I got it all wrapped up in in two weeks, and then wow. went out there. Wow, that's incredible! That's nuts. That is absolutely nuts, mate. And for all those listeners out there listening, it can happen, right? Like you're in a, you're a living, breathing example. Absolutely, of, you found it. You stumbled across this market, and in two weeks later, you're like, "There, yeah, this works." Let's go yeah. out and have a let's let's fly out and let's spend some money. And I think that's really key. And I don't want to you know overwrite this interview, but like. That's so key when people, you just took action, right? That's, that's, that's what, essentially what it came down. You said, let's do it. I want to do this. I want to be, you know, I want to be successful in multifamily real estate. I've got to take action. Absolutely. Well, well the thing is that uh, I truly believe that uh, you need to have a mentor in every part of your business, every part of your life. Yes. So, um, you know, the good thing is when you have mentors, it's, um, the mentor is there bouncing you're able to bounce ideas off um, the mentor and, and, and get tips and hints. And, and, you know, I'm not reinventing the wheel. I'm doing things that people are doing day in, day out. And I'm just looking for the best people to, uh, to, to model after. And, um, you know, it's just a matter of taking action, getting out there and, um, and just ticking all, my, all the things off on my checklist. Right. And, and getting it done. I could imagine that your mentor would have walked your, you through the sort of the checklist, so to speak. So do you want to talk to us a little bit about your checklist in terms of developing your hunting team, so to speak? You know, you happen to luck out that your broker was an awesome guy and you got on like a house on fire. But how did you go through the process of making sure you had the right property manager? Because, you know, let's face it, in multifamily investing, the property manager is so key. And given that it is a new market and you may not have had anyone in your in your network that had invested in Albuquerque, they couldn't really give you advice. So you had to really go out and really vet these guys. So, so what sort of hoops did you make them jump through? Okay. So uh, the first thing is, you know, I, I want to work with the best people in any market. So, you know, I, I do research online first uh, and then I, I call people up and get references. You know, it's just, just seeing what other people say, what, what, other, um, what other property managers say about other companies is, is very important as well. You know, I mean, if if someone is um, is slagging off on another company, um, you know, it's like that that's not great. But then, but then again, you know, you have people who truly truly value uh, what other people are doing in the market, and uh, you know, you might have um, uh, like an underdog property manager who's really hungry, and uh, they see who's who are the market leaders, and uh, they want to be like them, and uh, you know, may, maybe that's the person to go with, but. Uh, we actually went with the, um, the the top management property management team in the region uh, because we liked what they were doing. We saw how they were turning around properties, and um, it we feel very comfortable in, in doing that. But it, it's like anything; it's like um, a, a job interview. Um, 
you know, you just want to make sure you're comfortable with people. And it's all about creating win-win situations with everyone you're working with. Uh, it's all about, you know, give and take, and you want everyone to be happy. And that, that's, that's the way I like to go into any market or any deal. Awesome, awesome. And I know you and I had spoken a little bit offline about, you know, how you came across all these deals. So you found your property manager, you found your broker. What came next? Or, or did you find the broker, then find the deal, then find the property manager? What was the, the timeline there? Well, I'd, uh, I originally found some, some deals I was interested in on LoopNet. And I brought those to the broker. And as it happened, um, the property management company I was leaning towards was managing one of the properties. Hmm. So uh, I was able to call them up and, and get a little bit of the inside scoop. <laughs> and the inside so, scoop um, was? And the inside scoop was um, the seller is very uh, interested in selling <laughs> as soon as possible. Motivated, good. Yep. And motivated, yep. And uh, that they hadn't been putting any money into the place. So, um, so the managers sort of felt like they had their hands tied and they would love someone else to come in and, uh, and with a vision and implement that vision and, and use them. And uh, this particular property management company was known for, um, for, you know, doing great turnarounds and, um, you know, actually they, they do have quite a presence in the, um, the, the top of the market there in, uh, in new construction. And it's like, well, you've, you've created some really nice A-class properties. We want to create that A-class type of feel in, uh, in the B and C section of the market. That's awesome. That's awesome. So what's, that brings me to a whole nother list of questions. How are you going to, <laughs> to implement, you know, to try and match those or, or bring it up to sort of a, an A-class-esque uh, property with all the bells and whistles and uh, compared to what, I guess, you're, you're taking it over where it sounded like there's a lot of deferred maintenance and the property may be, be running into the ground. I, I guess, did, 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 Red, did, did an alarm bell go off when they said that or did a positive alarm bell, if that makes sense, uh, that you thought, you know, awesome, we've got some value to add to this property and they're probably going to take it at a discount. Did you think of any of those things? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Awesome. I, I, I only heard positive things there. Um, <laughs> um, the thing is, we're coming from a, you know, a big market in Los Angeles and we, we had done, a, my wife and I had done a lot of flips here and uh, we were able to, create that that really classy look on a budget so we knew what we were doing and coming into this this new market uh, it, it seemed that there are a lot of materials that um, that they weren't using there for instance no one was using granite or quartz countertops except in the uh, the a-class properties so we thought you know um, granite and quartz is not that expensive and uh, if you can put that into uh, B and C class properties, you're going to blow people away. Yeah. And, and another thing is, you know, I mean, stainless steel appliances. Mm. Um, no one we saw is, is using them in, in that section of the market. Uh, and we thought, you know, these days they're not that much more expensive than, um, than the old you know, plain white appliances. Mm. So uh, just little things like that where we feel we can make ourselves stand out in the market. Right. And then what sort of rental bumps, you know, you obviously you're not just doing this to keep it rented at the same price. What, 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 were you look, what were you projecting to hopefully get or you're hopefully going to get once the renovation's done on these properties? We're looking at um, 
20% rent bumps. Nice. And uh, we believe they're quite achievable because uh, there are properties that are uh, getting higher rents. Uh, and you have this influx of uh, production companies coming there and um, they're looking for places for their people and they're used to say a higher standard of um, renovation than, um, than what's existing in the market. So, so we are going to cater um, to a slightly more upmarket uh, clientele and we're looking also at uh, aiming for millennials and, and, uh, and giving them the things that um, are going to entice uh, you know, millennial professionals to, right. uh, to move right. in. Right. So what sort of things would you be implementing in your property to entice those millennials, those, those goddamn millennials? <laughs> Goddamn millennials! Well, hashtag, you know, hashtag it's like, millennials. Uh, yeah. Well, um, just just little conveniences like um, being able to you know have a little a place where you can plug in all your um, your electronics, right? Uh, which is one thing. Um, you know, people like having a little gym on on site. Um, mm-hmm. You know, maybe a little um, place for walk your dogs. Um, yep. Got it. Yep. Little dog park, little gyms. dog park, yeah. uh, a little gym. You know, just have a, a you know a coffee machine, espresso machine somewhere, <laughs> clap lights. Um, you know, all that sort of stuff. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm being facetious now, um, but <laughs> but the thing is, that's awesome. So you've you've gone out, you found the market, you developed the team, you got these two deals, and they happen to be on LoopNet, which is kind of surprising because, you know, well, in my experience, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that LoopNet doesn't always have the best. Had they been on there for a long time? Did you find a diamond in the rough? Like, what was it, that sort of process? Did you, you know, and, and I guess seeing it on LoopNet and then going to the market and actually you know, walking, walking, touching and feeling it, you sure would have, really, would have got like such a better feel for the actual property and, and, and the tenants that live there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But getting back to LoopNet, mm. a lot of properties on LoopNet have been on there for quite a while. And, uh, you know, the sellers are definitely uh, open to um, to making a deal. Uh, you know, some people just throw throw something out on LoopNet and uh, put a really high price to see what the market will will bear. But um, you know, it's like anything. If you just if you just get in there and focus and and do what you got to do, just go through the deals, um, look at the numbers. You're always going to find something. Right. No, I completely agree. And, in, in in any market. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and I guess it just happens to be that finding on LoopNet was made your job a lot, I guess, a lot easier. You know, like because you know, in a market like Dallas Fort Worth, it's like LoopNet doesn't really have a cracking deal, but it may, it may do. Maybe I'm not looking hard enough. <laughs> so, so Pete, tell us about the numbers on these two deals. You know, what, what's the cash on cash? What's the cap rates? What are you? How are you structuring it? Any? You got any partners involved with it? Yeah. Okay. So we we look at deals that are going to bring back double digit annualized cash on cash returns and double our investors money within five years. So in order to do that, we've got to get into markets where, where we've got um, higher cap rates, um, typically 7% plus, um, you know, in this situation, one of our deals was about a seven cap. The other one was about a nine cap. And um, we, we partnered with, uh, with a guy who had, Freddie and and Fannie Mae experience, so we're able to get um, pretty good deals with um, 
actually we we we've got Freddie Mac deals for for both of these, and um, we were able to uh, make the numbers work there uh, for us and our investors. Nice man. And so what what sort of what sort of financing did you get on that? You uh, like straight off the bat, did they help you with any of the construction portion? Because I'm assuming there's is going to be like the you know you got to purchase a property and then you're going to put you know whatever you're going to put into it two hundred three hundred thousand dollars. So did they bundle that up and then you only had to you know it was a it was a loan to cost including the construction or did you have to just buy it and then bring all equity for the uh, for the construction? Well, we had the choice of going with Fannie Mae, which would have uh, included the the rehab mm-hmm. uh, money in the in the loan. Nice. Or Freddie Mac, which had slightly better terms uh, and didn't include the rehab. And we actually went with Freddie Mac, which meant that we were going to have to raise more money to cover our rehab. And and we did that because um, there uh, we were able to um, to go with the Freddie Mac step down yield maintenance so um, the prepayment penalties were kind of would be stepping down as we got further into the loan and uh, if we wanted to to refi or or get out of the deal sell it uh, we wouldn't be hit with a big prepayment penalty and uh, you know there are just a a lot of other things that made us go with with Freddie Mac but uh, it did make the the um, the money raise a bit harder for us because we had to uh, to raise probably about uh, 25% 25% more than we would have if we went with the, the Fannie Mae. Right, which would have been, what, 25 30% down of the total acquisition and construction loan bundled together, correct? Yeah, yeah. we uh, we actually, you know, both of them are offering, uh, you know, 80% loan to value. Right, All right that's really good. That's, that's very, very good. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, your, your return to investors. Are you doing any preferred returns? You know, and what are you sort of, when are you projecting to, have a really nice double-digit cash on cash. Is year one a little lower? Because sometimes I know on these reposition deals that year one can be a you know single-digit cash on cash, and then once you get into year two, year three, you start really accelerating. Yeah, no, we we're uh, running straight into uh, uh, projecting double-digit returns for our investors by the end of year one. You know, there was enough enough there for us to work with, and uh, we have we have been very conservative with our numbers and uh, allowed for quite a bit of economic vacancy uh, in in the deal, knowing that we're going to have uh, you know quite a few units down for renovation. Uh, so uh, you know, it's got to work for us where we can we can offer that straight off to our investors. Otherwise, not really worth it. Right, right, right. And that brings me into another really interesting point is how long is it going to take you, you think, or you're projecting to take you to rehab the entire uh, building? And are you, you know, wanting to evict tenants, all of them, and then rehab at once? Or are you just going to slowly work your way through as as, um, the units become vacant? Right. Well, Well, our aim is to do four to six units in each property per month. Uh, until until we get through. Uh, now we may find that we hit our numbers when we've uh, only done fifty percent of the renovations, mm-hmm. and yep. we might stop there. But we'll we'll just see how it goes. Right, and that's a good point that you raise there because some people like you say you hit your numbers, but what what's stopping you for continuing to go and do the rest of it? Is that just a, is there a ceiling in which you can you know it doesn't make sense to continue to rehab because the cost of rehab is going to not reap the same elevation in price of the property, or sorry, should I say forced appreciation? Yeah, you know, I'm not really sure. Um, <laughs> we're just going to take it as it comes. I right. mean, you know, we, we may, you know, depending on interest rates, we may refi, we may 
we may sell. Um, you know, we're just going to see how it goes. But right. but the, the aim is to uh, to uh, keep working on on the rehab and um, you know do 100% uh, within uh, probably three years. Nice, nice, nice. So talk to me a little bit about your um, your capital raise because. You have, you know, and, and if for anyone who's following out there, Pete has gone into this market very quickly, found deals, and is all of a sudden faced with like, okay, I've got I'm going to put two offers on two deals. Where did you find the money? And and did you have the money secured beforehand, or was it sort of like a chicken the egg scenario? I'll get the thing under contract, and then I'll go and hustle, 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 and get it raised. Well, we have a couple of mentors, and and one of them is uh, Brad Sumrock, who uh, who teaches us. Um, you know how to how to raise the money and and get the deal done in in apartment investing and our other investors are the our other sorry our other mentors are the um, the real estate guys uh, of the the real estate guys radio podcast uh, Robert Helms and Russell Gray and they have taught us come to, on if they're um, listening <laughs> sorry I said come on if they're listening <laughs> <laughs> yeah they have taught us to build our brand and build our network right. Basically, before jumping into deals, uh, you know, you you can find a deal at any time, and if you find that you know you're under the gun, you've got to raise the money. It, it's a lot harder to to approach people about um, a deal where where you need the money by you know X number of days. It's a lot easier to just have that conversation with people hypothetically. Um, you know, if I if I find a deal that that sort of suits your criteria for investment. Um, you know, would you be interested? So, so the thing is, you know, I'm building my deal hunter brand all the time. My wife has a, has a brand as well. She has a real estate investor goddesses and mm -hmm. she's been interviewed on your, on your podcast too. So yes, a few episodes before this one, hear all about her. She's yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah. So the thing is we're, we're building our brand to, to make our mark in the marketplace and we're building our network. I mean, you know, we're constantly meeting with people, talking, uh, and and of course it's it's harder in the beginning to to actually get the people to invest with you. And and the more you work on it and build that network and get known and people see what you're doing, uh, the easier it is. So um, we we do try to build our database of potential investors and and find out what they want. And you know it's all about them trying to trying to help them with their investment um, style and uh, and you know not everyone's going to jump into a particular deal, so um, you know we just want to have as many people available for a particular deal as possible. So nice. So we're working all the time on that. And, and you guys are doing an absolutely great job with your personal branding. And I, I talk a lot about on this show, personal branding. I think it is the number one thing to be developing first before you start going absolutely. out and, and finding a deal. Because absolutely. people, you know, you, what it, it might be a weekly, uh, sorry, a monthly newsletter, or it might be that you're hosting a small get together on a Saturdays and talking real estate and you're developing lo local star power. And I, I know I'm on your email chain and it's, it's, it's bloody awesome content you're, you're, you're distributing and, you know, mate, keep it up and look, look you're reaping the rewards of two deals in five months. I think that is absolutely crazy and awesome. And, you know, for anyone out there who's listening, it can be done. And, Get out there and bloody do it. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what? Uh, for me, I think the number one thing is getting comfortable being uncomfortable. 
you know, just, you know, I, I spent a lot of my life, um, as a lot of people do, you know, you, you kind of get, get scared off by things and you kind of just go back to what you used to. But I think if you, if you get out there, put yourself out on a limb, feel a bit of pain, you're going to grow. And um, that, that's really important that um, getting out there and, and being uncomfortable and growing. Right. And I think when you go through that uncomfortable period, it makes you hungry again for that uncomfortable period. But the second time around, it's not as uncomfortable. And the third time around, it's even less. And all of a sudden, you, it's just like nat- natural. And then you're like, what else is there? Maybe I should go build a rocket and fly to Mars. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, mate. So Pete, with all your experience raising capital, doing deals in five months, two deals in five months, which is absolutely nuts. I know you're primed to give me your top five investing tips. You ready to get into it? Yep. Absolutely. All right, mate. Fire away when you are. So, okay, as I said, get comfortable being uncomfortable. You know, just just breathe and just just feel that pain and just just grow. Get into it. Um, you got to find a mentor for every area of your life that you want to grow in. And then um, build your brand, build your network. It's really easy to jump out there and start looking for deals, and you're going to be spinning your wheels unless unless you have a good solid base uh, and then a solid base of people around you. And that brings me up to creating a solid team of the best people that you can find. And don't be afraid to work with the best people. Uh, you know, use those people to, to, to raise your level. And then and, and create win-win situations in any deal, any relationship so that everybody benefits. Yep. 100%. That's awesome. That's really, really cool, man. So mentor, win-win situations, making sure that you're developing your network. So, you, you you know, I think you said it really, really eloquently when you said you're going to spin your wheels if you don't have uh, the right network and, and, and the right people around you. And I, I know personally from experience that is 100% true. And, and I've only now started to realize the value of having that personal brand. So, um, so awesome stuff, mate. Um, one last question before you go is where can people reach you to continue the conversation? They want to find a little bit more out about Deal Hunter and, and the, the awesome Deal Hunter videos that you're putting out on, on YouTube and, uh, and Facebook. Where can they go? Uh, just go to Facebook, The Deal Hunter. That's uh, T-H-E-D-E-A-L-H-U-N-T-A. Hunter. H-U-N-T-A. Love it. Love it. Well, Pete, you've certainly provided some cracking survival tips to help us find that elusive cash flowing deals in the wild, wild west, which is the United States, even more wild after the, the elections. Uh, we won't go into that. <laughs> but just to recap, mate, we, uh, you know, you talked to us awesome about how you stumbled across a deals or you stumbled across a market first at a networking event, which is incredible. You quickly, within two weeks, found out that you, you know, this, this, this market worked. You then went and developed your team. You took action. You took, you jumped on a flight. You, you met a broker. You built out your, uh, your property management team. And all of a sudden you'd found some deals on LoopNet and you're able to negotiate those deals because they'd been on there for so long and they were motivated sellers. So, Absolutely awesome stuff. Did I leave anything out? Yeah, I mean, my my wife motivates me a lot, which is great. Um, you know, she what she does, she confronts me in a positive way every day to mm-hmm. take action and to act with integrity. Nice. So it's uh, you know, I'm I'm really lucky to have someone there with me who um, who can do that for me. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. And if anyone is listening, it's Monique, Monique Helm. She was on the, the podcast a few a few weeks back. So definitely jump. I think it was episode 50. I don't want to look on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it. Another cracking episode jam-packed with some awesome investing advice and actionable steps. And you know what? If Pete can do it, he's come from halfway across the world. He's landed here in the United States. He's found deals. And within five months, he's closing on deals. He's surrounded himself with an incredible team then anyone else can do it. If you're sitting out there, you're sitting on the fence and thinking, I can't do multifamily, I'm too in your own mind. As Pete said, get uncomfortable and be be okay with being uncomfortable because the more uncomfortable you are, the better, the more you better push yourself, the better of an entrepreneur you're going to become and the success that you're going to be able to achieve. Now, make sure you check out all the show notes for a summary of our conversation with Pete. You head over to uh, my website at rsmpropertygroup.com. Remember to click on the podcast tab. Whilst you're there on my website, sign up for my newsletter and um, you know keep up to date with all the deals that I'm working on. And if you are into wine and cheese networking events, then make sure you uh, check out you know the events I host in downtown LA. I had one out the other night, which was awesome. We had over 50 people there. Uh, remember, if you are in the LA area, you want to grab coffee, grab lunch, even grab a beer, hit me up. I love meeting with other investors talking shop. Just shoot me an email uh, at read at rsmpropertygroup.com and let me know whenever you're next in town. Thanks again for taking some time out of your day to tune in to continue to grow your real estate investing knowledge because that's what we're all about here on this show, continuing to grow your financial IQ. If you do like this show, remember the way you can give back is jump on iTunes and give the show a five-star review. It's quick, it's easy, and it shows iTunes that I'm providing some awesome cracking content. We're going to do this all again next week, guys. So take care, be safe, and remember, happy investing. Happy investing.